on this episode of Bleak, I am doing a solo episode covering the recent Idaho college murders. Buckle your seatbelt. There's no light at the end of this tunnel. You're listening to Bleak. <laughs> Okay, so I decided to do a solo recording because I really wanted to update everybody on the Idaho college murders because there's been a very big recent development. Um, and I just wanted to, because we had mentioned it in a previous episode, uh, and so I'm just going to recap kind of what has already happened up to this point. If you have been living under a rock and you don't know anything about this case or you're not familiar with this case, I'm going to just tell you what happened real quick here. So in the early morning hours of November 13th, 2022, so we're just talking a month, well, six weeks ago, um, in a very small town called Moscow, Idaho, four University of Idaho students were stabbed to death in their beds in an on in excuse me in an off campus three story rental home um the there were four victims in total three of them were female the victims names and i'm sorry if i butcher any of these uh 21 year old Madison Mogan 21 year old Kaylee Gonkelves uh 20 year old Zena Kernodal excuse me and 20 year old Ethan Chapin who was the boyfriend of Zena Kernodal. So Ethan Chapin was the only one that did not live in the residence. And then there were two other female roommates at the house during the attack that were unharmed. So the way the house was set up, to my understanding, is a three-level home with two bedrooms on each level. So the two roommates sleeping in the lowest level of the home were the ones that were untouched and slept through the entire attack and then on the second floor were two of the victims and then on the third floor were two of the victims there were no signs of forced entry at the home however there had been parties at this house and I had heard, and I don't know, this could be incorrect so take it with a grain of salt but I had heard that it had like a code on the door type of situation so if you have like a party house and a lot of people are coming and going it might not be that difficult to get that code to the house um but prior to these attacks all of the roommates had been out two it seems like they were in groups of two and uh Two of the roommates, Madison and Kaylee, they had been at a bar and then went to a food truck. And they did obtain surveillance from the food truck that showed them to be, you know, smiling and, and very normal appearing at that point. And um, they were given a ride home by a friend. And that friend was ruled out as a suspect. And all four victims were home just before 2 a.m. So a 911 call came in at 11.58 a.m. 
the morning of the attack of in the report was of an unconscious person and I had talked about this last week I don't know it would be very interesting to hear that 911 call because you would imagine a stabbing scene is going to be very bloody so this idea that somebody just called and said someone was unconscious seems very odd but I would be willing to bet there's more to the story than that and um so yeah that will be interesting if that ever comes out to hear the 911 call um so all four victims were stabbed with a large knife and they said it's likely a fixed blade knife um, although that weapon has not been recovered and I don't even after this arrest um, it's still the weapon has not been recovered to my knowledge um, so this has been circulating even you know in the last several weeks that they were looking for a white Hyundai Elantra and so somebody had reported seeing a white Hyundai Elantra in the area during the time the crime was committed so the police were able to trace the ownership of a white Hyundai Elantra to a man named Brian Koberger. And there was also DNA left at the scene of the crime. And to my understanding, because, spoiler alert, there was an arrest made yesterday, which was December 30th, 2022, of this Brian Koberger. Um... I have seen on multiple sources that genetic genealogy was used to lead them to a relative of Koberger, and uh, that was one of the reasons they were able to arrest him. Are crazy that they are going around committing crimes, leaving DNA, knowing that genetic genealogy is a game changer. If you have anyone even remotely related to you that's on any of these sites, they're going to find you, and pretty much everybody does. So, I mean, I'm glad for that fact, but I don't understand why people think they're going to get away with this type of thing. Um, so, as I said, yesterday... 28-year-old Brian Koberger, he was born November 21st, 1994. He was arrested in Pennsylvania, which is obviously a far drive from Idaho. So it sounds like um, Koberger, he was very highly educated. He had an associate's degree in psychology that he obtained in 2018. He had a master's degree in criminal justice, and he was a current Ph.D. student at the University of Washington for oddly, ironically, criminal justice. Um, Kohlberger was arraigned in Pennsylvania yesterday, which was December 30th, 2022. He will be extradited to Idaho to face the charges for, um, I know there's a burglary charge and then the four first-degree murder charges. And um, from my understanding, if he voluntarily agrees to be extradited, then Koberger will go back to Idaho much quicker. If he refuses extradition, then they have to go through the legal process, which is through the governor's office, and they will process the extradition, extradition but if that happens, it will take more time to get him back to Idaho. Um, when somebody is arrested, 
there is something called a probable cause affidavit. I'll just refer to it as a PCA because it's a mouthful. Um, so what a probable cause affidavit is, is it's justifying the arrest of somebody. And in this case, sorry, my kids are in the background because I don't have anyone to watch them at the moment. Um, so what the PCA would, you know, the PCA is going to have a lot of information on what the police found out in their investigation. And the PCA cannot be released until the defendant is brought back to Idaho. So whether that happens voluntarily um, or the police or, you know, the legal system has to extradite him you know, forcefully, he will end up back in Idaho at some point, but that PCA cannot be released to the public until the defendant gets back to Idaho. So a lot of the information, they so they held the press conference yesterday, and a lot of the information that they gave out was very limited because they could not give out any of the information from the PCA. But... I've noticed that there's a lot of information that has come out despite the fact that the PCA has not been released, such as the I've heard from multiple sources about the genetic genealogy being used and the fact that they were able to trace that white Hyundai Elantra. And um, sadly, I had seen, you know, that they were no longer looking for an Elantra. So this case is one of those that had a lot of mis- information that came out everything i'm telling you here i believe has been verified although obviously there might be things i speculate on and i'll tell you that in advance um and the reason that's kind of a segue into what i'm going to talk about next so multiple sources have reported that brian koberger posted on reddit um, seeking participants in a research study with the goal of understanding how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making while committing a crime. Now, this suspect was Brian Koberger. He's a Ph.D. student in criminal justice. When you're a Ph.D. student, you're heavily immersed in whatever it is you're studying, right? So this guy's day in and day out conducting research on, you know, topics related to criminal justice and seeing this Reddit post, which has since been removed. Um, it's, you know, and like, this is me speculating, but if he didn't know the victims, which I'm going to say right now, it seems unlikely Luna that he knew the victims because suspects 28 the victims are all 20 and 21 he didn't go to their school so my question in regards to this reddit post is did this guy somehow get so interested in researching criminal justice that he decided to commit a heinous crime to get in the mind of the criminal it seems very strange that he had you know, was trying to get in the mind of a criminal. And I'm telling you on the record right now, this is just my speculation, 
But I think that's what's going to end up coming out as to being part of this guy's motive. I could be wrong, but it just seems very odd. So you heard it here first. That's my theory. Um, there is nothing has come out up till now that Kohlberger knew any of the victims. And again, speculating, I feel like if there was a connection to the victims, that would have come out. You know, people around campus would have said, oh yeah, he knew so-and-so, or he was a good friend of that person. So if this does end up being like a random attack, that is, or he, maybe not random in the sense that he didn't plan it, but just random in the fact that he didn't know the victims, Obviously, that's the scariest type of attack. So anyhow, that's kind of what's known so far, and that was the big update was the arrest in this case. Um, I am going to get going because, as you can hear, I have a child that needs me in the background here. Um, Kohlberger's next court appearance is January 3rd, but we likely won't have any really official information that's going to be released until he's extradited to Idaho. So anything you hear that it does not co come from the probable cause affidavit is likely speculation. Although I think there's a lot of very credible information out there regarding how they, you know, came to the conclusion that they needed to arrest Brian Koberger. Um, my heart obviously breaks for the family of these victims, families. It, I can't even imagine what they're going through, but obviously an arrest is the first step in getting a resolution to the case. So with that being said, I'm going to take off and care for my children. Uh, have a great day. Bye-bye.